0: It's a movement, but it's about people. Be the People is about we the people joining forces to reclaim and reshape the best of our nation's time-treasured traditions. Each week, we offer insightful interviews with movers and shakers from all different spheres of life. And now, please welcome Dr. Carol Swain. Welcome to the Be the People show. Today's
1: show is the fourth In a four-part series on Nashville, Tennessee. Now, if you live somewhere else in the country, you may be wondering why should I care about Nashville, Tennessee? Well, I live in Nashville. Nashville is Music City, USA, but it's also a blue city in a red state. Over the last seven years, the city featured in the New York Times as the It City for its happening events and growing tourism has now become the broke city. The city has suffered from decades of Democrat mismanagement. And this continues under the current mayor. Democrat Mayor John Cooper, who ran for office as a fiscal conservative, has proposed a 32%, get this, property tax increase on a city that has experienced a tornado, a few weeks later, a second major storm and, more, and a more than two-month shutdown connected to the coronavirus that has devastated the city's tourism-based economy. Joining me today to discuss the proposed tax increase and the responses to the mayor's budget is Michelle Foreman. Michelle is a wife, mother, registered nurse, small business owner, president of the Tennessee Republican Assembly, and a law student. She's also a key organizer of the No Tax for Nash movement. Michelle, it's such a great honor to have you on the Be the People show. I'm always excited when I see young people who care about our nation. I'd like for you to tell our listeners what it was that got you involved in politics
2: well, first of all, it's an honor to be on your show. So, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Swain. I probably thought about or, or became interested in politics right after high school. Uh, I did an internship in Washington, D.C., worked for one of our congressmen, and I realized at 18 years old you know, you think you know everything, but I realized that. Certainly, Washington, D.C. is an entity in a world of its own. It it plays by its own rules. Coming back to Nashville and, and seeing how our local government ran and historically always has that same idea of doing your own thing without any accountability holds true in local government here in Nashville as well. And, and we've always kind of known that, but it didn't, I don't think I really got as involved as I am right now until maybe my thirties when I realized, Hey, when we group together and our voices become one, we do have an impact. One of the organizations that I'm a part of the Tennessee Republican assembly they actually became so large and so influential that they started influencing elections legislation and so that was one of the key points in my life where i realized that when we come together in any kind of movement uh, we can make differences and so and so here here i am today working with the no tax for nash movement because of those same principles when we come together and we work together we can make those changes it, it, it's it's a lot of hard work but it, it can happen
1: and michelle i'm telling our listeners that you did make an unsuccessful bid for the city council would you like to talk about the factors that influenced your decision to run for office but also what you learned during the process Sure, absolutely. So I knew that there was
2: an issue on the Metro Council. It's not, like to your point, Nashville has always been uh, a Democrat controlled local government, but it seems we've always been able to work together, play together, you know, worship together, live together but we've had this liberal movement that's been eating away at nashville for years now and the focus has been on the metro council and so we've seen that metro council go from predominantly democrat to now liberal and and let me make the distinction there when you come in and and you have a liberal perspective in 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 short terms it's it's destructive it's destroying Nashville. And we either have those on the council that seek to destroy Nashville, and I know that sounds strong, but it is what it is. And then we have those that acquiesce. And our particular council member in my district was one of those who moved from, he moved around originally from Atlanta and then San Francisco, and he brought those values with him. And I thought, no, no, we can't do this. We can't keep going down that same path of just turning up Nashville and uh, turning it into something that it's just not. So I ran for Metro Council, and I ran against an incumbent who really, the the feedback that I got during the race was nobody really knew who he was. And he hadn't done anything to offend anyone. He hadn't done anything that was relatively er or egregious, really. So why not just vote for the incumbent? Isn't that what most people do? I will tell you this, Dr. Swain, the state representative, who's also a Democrat, the school board member, who is also a Democrat, that they're all in that same circle of uh, Democrat policies and issues. They had to get involved in this race, very involved in this race, because it was such a close race. As we were going out and getting involved in the community, they didn't expect our campaign to be as successful as it was. So while I did not win this race, what I came out of this race was, or what I came out with, was a greater understanding of how the machine works and how when people coalesce and work together as a unit, they get things done. We're talking about the unions getting involved. We're talking about, like I said, the state house member, the school board member. This was a machine that I ran up against. It was the most highly contested council race in all of Metro Nashville.
1: Now, Michelle, most people that... Know anything about American politics, they understand the concept of the machine. Uh, do you see anything like it on the Republican side?
2: There is a machine, um, I believe, on both sides of, of the political aisle, and you're either involved with it or you're not. Yes, I do see it within the Republican Party, and it's, it's interesting that you mention that. That, that. The Republicans don't typically get involved in local elections. And I think that had we had some sort of uh, support, real support from the party, like the Democrats do, then this outcome would have been completely different. I I do feel that way.
1: And I have to tell our listeners that uh, in Nashville, the elections are labeled nonpartisan. On the Republican side, they use that as a justification to support Democrats. But the Democrats never support Republicans. So it all goes in one direction. We're going to take a break and when we return, I'm going to ask Michelle more about Nashville's proposed tax increase and just how devastating that will be on businesses and citizens if it were to pass. What if there was a book that took the mystery out of prayer? One that made it easier for people to pray God's word with miraculous results. There is such a book, Joy Lambs, The Sword of the Spirit, The Word of God is a handbook that has changed the lives of thousands of people around the world. You can order your life-changing copy from Joy Lamb's website, theswordofthespiritbook.com. Order Joy's book and listen to her audio prayers while you're there.
0: AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. As we celebrate our four-year anniversary, thank you for making it all possible. Well, should it news deliver truth and inspire us to reach higher? With blogs, podcasts, video, and 24-7 talk radio. On our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa are the vision of the voices America Out Loud Talk Radio.
1: I'm back with my guest, Michelle Foreman. Uh, Michelle, tell the listeners about Nashville's situation through your eyes as a small business owner and as a person that's kind of watched the city evolve.
2: Sure. I've grown up in Nashville. And like I said, it's, it's, it's a Democrat controlled local government, but what we have always known Nashville to be is a system of government that's set up on, uh, nepotism fraud in some instances,
1: corruption,
2: corruption, long deep, deeply rooted corruption, um, ignorance,
1: well, isn't that like just about every city in America run by Democrats?
2: Absolutely. It's, I mean, you know, a Leopard doesn't change its spots. It just doesn't. And we have always been this way. And we've known that we've always been this way. I, 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 and why we keep voting, I, I don't, you don't, but why Nashville keeps voting in the same brand of Democrat I I don't know how much pain does Nashville have to suffer? We may soon see, but, but, uh, historically, we have always been this way. Uh, there are some great books that discuss our history, uh, as far as the corruption and things of that nature, but yes. So where we are now is letting this go administration after administration and things probably took a turn maybe 15 years ago. We had Carl Dean, elected as mayor and we really started seeing some egregious things happen with money. Then we had Megan Berry and we all know what happened there and then uh, she stepped down.
1: Well, we we don't all know.
2: Oh, well then let me me explain. But I
1: also want to say that uh, there's a great book, uh, Murder in Music City. I forget the name of the author of that book, but it's a fascinating book about Nashville's history.
2: Yes, it is. And so is The Secrets of the Hopewell Box. That, that book goes back and explains how uh, Davidson County government was created and the corruption behind it. And I believe Jim Squires is the author of that book. They're incredible reads. Uh, and to your point, the, the corruption has just been here for, since our inception. So we've got mayors that come in and they use money They give money away to it's cronyism. It's it's all of those things, and so so here we are now with that system of government already in place, and we get to a situation where we have devastation through tornadoes and coronavirus.
1: And Michelle, you mentioned Carl Dean and Megan Berry. Just briefly, tell our listeners a little bit about their backgrounds. You know, like Carl Dean, I think. Is he from Boston, graduated from Vanderbilt Law School?
2: Yes, these are are very, very liberal individuals. Um, He was the director of law under Mayor Bill Purcell. And one of the things that we remember he did was uh, when we had federal money come in from FEMA for the flood, that money was not distributed to all flood victims. And it ended up being used in part to build an amphitheater. Downtown, we were shocked when we realized that that's what happened. And taking into consideration, the Metro Council approved that. So that's one, one instance where there was such a, a gross abuse of money. Um, Megan Megan Berry, the same the same style of liberal leadership coming in through Vanderbilt, she actually took money, um, used it for her own personal uh, reasons, but one thing that we were able uh, wasn't
1: she a ethics uh, compliance officer? Oh, or something had to do with ethics.
2: An ethics compliance officer, exactly. And so how ironic is that that she actually steps down from her position um, to avoid any type of indictment or, or uh, serious charges? I believe her charges will be uh, not expunged, but um, th- that'll end up being erased pretty soon. And and I wouldn't doubt if she ran for office again. Dr. Swain, I wouldn't doubt it again.
1: And for the listeners, uh, she had a public affair with a, they were both married, but a police officer. They traveled the world on the city's dime and really abused power and money. And she got a slap on the wrist because she's an attractive blonde white woman. I Mm -hmm, don't mean to sound racist when I say that, but um, she played the system very well and she may run for office again she may be uh, mayor again or she may end up in congress she's qualified fully <laughs> and that's the that for the democratic part of, party
2: exactly for the democratic party it's so egregious and to and to all of this she does it in such a flagrant fashion and how dare we say anything to call her out it's it's unbelievable you know she also gave so much of our tax money to one of the local uh, organ- uh, well, hotels here to build a multi-million dollar water park and the city council approved it, but you and I can't go use it, or we couldn't at the time. Now we have to pay an exorbitant fee to go in and use it. But, but again, just the blatant and flagrant abuse of our money um, and then the, the egregious nature of all of this and then the attitude of, well, how dare you call me out? And I'm going to commit crimes in the in the, in the same breath.
1: <laughs> so now you all get a sense of what it's been like. And then fast forward to Mayor John Cooper. Megan Berry had to step down to avoid jail. There was a special election. I ran in the special election. I came in number two in a field of 10. And then I ran in the general election, came in number three. John Cooper, the mayor uh, who we currently have, is a Democrat who ran as a fiscal conservative. He's the one that's proposed the 32% tax increase. And so now we can move into what you're doing to push back.
2: Absolutely. Let me go back just a little bit and say the reason why you did not, why you are not mayor right now is because the Republicans. God, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right. Well, I don't know. I don't know the Republicans decided to, not all, but decided to hitch their wagon to someone that they thought would win the election because they were a Democrat and they justified that by saying, he's a fiscal conservative. Now, if you know the family that Mayor Cooper came from, a a deeply entrenched Democrat family and his brother, Jim Cooper, Democrat in Congress, you know that that's a failed a failed justification. It's not it's not an argument. So I digress. So here we are again. A leopard doesn't change its spots. So he ran on the platform of being fiscally conservative. And when we had our COVID situation come through, it wasn't the virus, and I I won't go into that. I am a nurse, but I won't go into that. It was the response to COVID, the irrational response to COVID once we realized that we could go back to work and we should go back to work and other counties were going back to work. But Mayor Cooper would not allow that in Davidson County.
1: We need to take another break. And when we return, uh, I really want to, dig in on the things that's taking place in Nashville to push back against the 32% tax increase. Hello, I'm Carol Swain of Be The People. I'm proud to endorse Patriot Mobile, America's only conservative cell phone network. After years of dealing with big cell phone companies, I made the decision to support a business that supports my conservative Christian values. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide phone service at an affordable price. Most importantly, a portion of the money you spend is given to organizations that support the sanctity of human life, gun rights, and religious liberty. There are no long-term contracts or hidden fees, and unlimited plans start as low as $25 a month. So do me a big favor. Contact Patriot Mobile at patriotmobile.com forward slash or call 972 hatred. When you mention Code Carol, you'll get your activation fee waived and receive a free gift for switching service. Switch today and start supporting a company that supports your values. Welcome back to Be The People. I'm with my guest, Michelle Foreman. Michelle, uh, tell our listeners about what's happening to push back against this tax increase. And again, we're talking about Nashville, but if you are a Republican and you're in a city that's run by Democrats, you have either experienced something similar or you will. Exactly.
2: So we now have this 32% property tax increase that's been proposed by the mayor. And in some instances, some council members have proposed proposed an even higher rate uh, of, of increase. What we're doing is we have gotten together, myself, uh, some other leaders within the community, small business owners, restaurant owners, bar owners, some musicians, and we have formed a group, No Tax for Nash, and we are vocal about pushing back, and what we have to do before we push, or a part of pushing back is to expose what's going on. So when we look at the lost income, and, and we can call it based on coronavirus, and we can see what the mayor has proposed, we know that this tax increase is going to devastate homeowners. It will also devastate renters. Renters will, be the, they will receive the brunt of the pass-through tax. And take into consideration too, Dr. Swain, you're talking about a mayor who wants to tax people who don't have a job and who very shortly may not even have property to have an increased property tax on. So I find that especially egregious. But we sat down with the mayor, a group of us, including you, and we asked the mayor about different ways he was planning on cutting the budget. And some of the more obvious ones were a furlough of Metro employees. Uh, The city of Tulsa, Oklahoma furloughed their employees temporarily. It was one day a week. And it it closed the gap on, on their budget deficit. The mayor said, no, he was not planning on doing that. The optics were so bad that he could not do that. And I thought, well, whoa, wait a minute. Nashvillians are out of work. They have no job. What, what? how can the optics get any worse if you're asking your Metro employees just to be a part of that and to show uh, or to, to, be in here and show some sense of solidarity with one day a week being furloughed. It seems like that would be a good thing. No one wants to put anyone out of a job. That's not what I'm saying, but we're in it together or we're not. Um, but he was not, he, he did not think that was a good idea. And so that, that, that to me was problematic in the sense that, Maybe he really doesn't want to try and fix this problem the way he said that that he, he wanted to.
1: And there were some other things that came up at that meeting that were kind of surprising to the group. Would you like to go into detail about some of those?
2: Well, there were a lot. So, so if I don't cover it, let me know and we'll talk about it. But besides the furloughing of employees, we do have some money that could be pulled from areas, uh, whether it be our reserves or out of MTA. But one thing I thought of was, wait a minute, all of the spending that we have to have, or I'm sorry, that we already have with, um, sidewalks that we don't need, uh, speed bumps that we don't need, bike things lanes. of no nature, bike lanes. Li- well, have you seen who's riding in the bike lanes? Those, those bikes were thousands of dollars. Okay. We are subsidizing a hobby for wealthy people. So we can put that kind of stuff on hold at least for another year. And we don't have to go into those types of expenditures, but that's not something that he was interested in. And it really surprised me. It really did. We've got money that we can pull out of the arts, millions of dollars to pull out of the arts. Um, we can pull things out of what we call the Barnes Fund. We do a lot of giving to charities in Nashville. We can put that on hold right now, but that doesn't seem to be something that the mayor wants to do at this time. And and it's just not, um, I don't understand it. I don't understand that.
1: Well, we also talked about the Tourism Fund and, the millions of dollars, multi-millions of dollars that they have yes. in their reserves. And the mayor's response, as I recall, was that they have offered to pay, to give the city what, maybe 40 or 50 million, but they have such a huge surplus, the mayor could actually borrow money from them, since the money was is is our money, is taxpayer money, they could he could borrow from the tourism fund and avoid this tax increase at this time. That's exactly
2: right. There are hundreds of millions of dollars and some people call it a slush fund, it kind of is. It's money that's brought in by taxes that goes to, uh, it comes from the hotels and uh, the the bars and that type thing. And it sits in that that, uh, convention center, basically slush fund. And if we were to borrow from that entity, tourism, where, where, where tourism is involved and that money comes in. If we could borrow from that, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. It would keep us from having to implement a property tax increase. Now, it's interesting that the mayor did mention that he could borrow $40 million, something along those lines, to your point. But if all of the money is there, why would we not borrow it's money that Nashville already brings in in taxes anyway. Why would we not borrow that before we would take from citizens that don't even have a job?
1: Well, some of the other issues is that the federal government, because Nashville shut down and it boy did it really shut down, even though it did not have enough coronavirus cases to justify keeping the city closed. A case could be made for borrowing the money from the federal government because. It doesn't make rational sense to impose pain and suffering and high taxes on businesses, not just the homeowners and the renters, but there are Nashville businesses that have been here for generations that uh, will go under if this tax increase goes through.
2: That's exactly right. Now, take into consideration that the county of Davidson was one of two counties in Tennessee that received federal money from the CARES Act, Nashville got $120 million to use. Now, I know that that can be hedged towards our debt, it does have to be used for specific reasons, but my goodness, you can use that and, and then that can help us address uh, our deficit. And that is not being taken into consideration either. And your point about the small businesses, when you look at that downtown area, the Broadway Gulch, where we have our tourists come in, they love to come in and and patronize those businesses, their taxes, some of them will be raised tens of thousands of dollars. It it is outrageous. I believe one business owner said his taxes were gonna be raised um, over $60,000. Now, those people cannot stay in business. And they've said they will leave. They will leave Nashville.
1: They have and, to. And I recall that there is another business, uh, Lee Beeman. I yes. interviewed him last week and his taxes would go from $1 million a year to $1,000,003 million. And uh, that, you know, even though he's an established business, paying that kind of money for taxes it, for taxes is quite problematic. Well, and when you
2: consider the root of the problem, we don't need to raise taxes. We need a local government that uses our money judiciously and wisely. And think about this. We've not seen the worst of this. If our small businesses leave Nashville, what does that do for tourism? Do people from other parts of the country and the world want to come to Nashville? If our bars and our restaurants and our entertainment that we're known for, if, if it leaves, No, we're going to continue to suffer. Sports venues, things of that nature.
1: And there's some other things, too, that um, in my neighborhood, there are some people who are retired, they're on fixed incomes. They have said that they will sell their homes and leave Davidson County. So we're shrinking our tax base. So it's very problematic what the mayor has proposed. One of the interviewees in this series was Jim Roberts. And he is the founder of the Nashville Taxpayer Protection Act, which is a attempt to get a ballot initiative on for a referendum. I guess I didn't describe that very well. But there are many things that are taking place. So we have no tax for Nash, but we also have for good government. And for good government has a petition where we're trying to get as many signatures as possible, the more the better, so that we can show the mayor that we're not just going to sit down in Nashville and roll over. And if you're out there and you're in a city where the government, you know, just totally ignores the people, there are things you can do. Being the people means taking action. And so, Michelle, I know that you're involved with both both initiatives, and I I too am involved with both groups. And I'd like for you to talk more about what listeners in Nashville or people that have a stake in Nashville can do to make sure that we don't have this devastating, crippling, 32% tax increase.
2: Absolutely. And I'll start with the petition you were talking about, uh, put together by some attorneys here in Nashville. And For Good Government is their group What we're doing is signing this petition so that in the future, if there is a proposal to raise property taxes greater than 2%, then that has to go to a referendum vote and we the people will decide. And the aim of this is to force those in government to use our money wisely. And if they don't, and then we say, no, you're not going to raise property taxes, you don't get any more, then that force function is put in place, and they have to do with what they have. So um, what people can do is go to no tax for NASH, that's no tax, and then the number four, NASH, and get involved. There's information there where you can get involved. One of the first things we want to do is see who can help us get petitions signed. Um, You can sit outside your local restaurant under an umbrella of the table and and we can help you with that. Please go to that petition. Um, We're also putting uh, a PayPal button on there so you can make donations, which will subsidize our commercials. We're gonna start a series of commercials soon. But what we're going to do as well is target the neighborhoods where the city council members are not exactly getting on board with no tax. And we're gonna put their names and their contact information on those yard signs so that when people go by and they see, they can call that particular council member and say, look, we know you've got ways within the budget to cut it so that we don't have to have a tax increase and you need to do it. We're gonna hold you to it because we know that the elections are next year and then two years from now. I want everybody to go to No Tax for Nash. I want you to go to that website and I want you to see what you can do on that site reach out to me because I want everybody to be calling their, calling the mayor's office and, count, and calling their Metro Council member. If you don't know who your Metro Council member is, you will be able to find out on that website. But call them, email them, flood them with correspondence to let them know that you know what's going on and you demand no tax because we don't have to have one based on the fact There is money that we can borrow from another source, or we can make the necessary cuts within the budget if someone will just do it. Again, there are many, many areas in that budget that can be cut that equal, they come about, they come out to about the $332 million that we need. Those cuts are there, they just need to be done.
1: And I'd like to emphasize that we realize that government is supported by taxes. And so the argument is not that taxes should never be raised, but it should not be raised in Nashville at this particular time when people are reeling from the effects of the tornado and the shutdown. And so the government actions have imposed tremendous pain and suffering on people. We don't want that added to this year with the tax increase Um, next year, might be the time it would make sense for the mayor to build a case for raising taxes Mm -hmm. and so the part of what we're doing is trying to um, mobilize voters to stand up and make their voices uh, be heard because we're at this critical moment and it's not about you you may be fine yeah you live in nashville you may have lots of resources you love paying taxes you want to pay as much as possible. There are some businesses and there are some individuals that will go down and go under through this crushing burden. This will crush the
2: people you just talked about. Those who are on a fixed income, retired, those who are not wealthy. I spoke with a a, a very successful business owner yesterday and he said, look, I'm in this and I'm behind you and I'm going to support you because I want to help the little guy. A minute for the little guy. If Nashville goes down, um, and, and the little guy will, they'll have to leave. They'll be d- devastated. Um, that's going to cause much greater problems. It just will.
1: And uh, again, Michelle, could you tell our listeners how to get in contact with you, independently of the No Tax for Nash uh, website? Your social media handles.
2: Yes, actually, you can. My email address is Michelle Foreman Nashville at gmail.com. That's Michelle with two L's and Foreman with an E. So Michelle Foreman Nashville at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook and I'm on Facebook again as Michelle Foreman. So reach out to me, uh, private message me, send me an email, um, let me know what you can do to be involved, please. I will plug you in somewhere. This is a movement that is growing so quickly. But I'll tell you this, um, those of us who have coalesced around this have other things that we're involved to. And this is a never ending cycle. There will be something new to be a part of and we want you a part of
1: it. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the Be The People show. And for the listeners out there, no matter where you are, watch your local government, get involved, It's up to us the be the it's up to us the we the people to be the people who change our nation and our world. Until next time.